I said hello, and my dog just whipped her head up from her nap because she thought I was talking to her. And it's weird because I'm home alone right now, so she probably just thinks that I'm talking to myself, and that's great. But she doesn't know that I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to you guys. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Alone Time with Maddie Aldi. And I have an interesting episode for you guys today. Second episode. It's crazy. This is also another another test run, I guess, to see if I actually stick with this. <laughs> um, I haven't made this podcast public yet, so hopefully... Hopefully soon. I have plans to do the cover art and take some photos this weekend, so I'm really excited. Stay tuned for that and the big announcement of the podcast. Hopefully soon. I don't want to be too far behind in the timeline of things. Yesterday was Halloween, which is crazy. It's November 1st. I cannot believe it, but... Our Halloween was very different this year because we just moved back from Utah, so it's not like we had plans to go to a Halloween party or anything, Um, but I'm also pregnant, so I don't really feel like doing a ton or being super social. And then Jeremy got pneumonia, I think it was two weeks ago now, and His cough was really bad, and things were just not great. He actually had a fever of, like, 103, I think, at one point. And I ended up going to stay at my mom's for a couple days because I don't really want to be... I don't want to be sick while I'm pregnant. And it's it's hard to avoid when you're living together. So that kind of came out of nowhere. And then as he was healing from that... We must have caught something else. I don't know if maybe it was from the gym or I don't know. I feel like there's so many people that are sick right now. And I think that just comes with this time of the year. Which is the one thing I don't really love about this time of the year. But it's kind of inevitable. Um, so we both picked up a little something. And so his cough got worse after the antibiotics from the pneumonia kind of passed through his system. And then I started to feel kind of sick. And we both just were not doing great for like a week. He was worse than I was. And I I usually would say I don't like that. But since, again, like, how many times can I say I'm pregnant? Take a shot every time I say I'm pregnant. If you guys didn't know, I'm pregnant. I'm so sorry. I will stop. But it was kind of a good thing in hindsight that he was a little bit worse than I was because selfishly, I'm just worried about the baby because she's kind of attached to me right now. Our immune systems are are linked, so it scares me. But I'm feeling a lot better today. But basically, Halloween... We didn't really want to get anyone sick. Like, we were planning on just staying at home because this is our first Halloween where we have a house. So we were really looking forward to passing out candy and kind of, you know, seeing what the neighborhood is like on Halloween. We have 
some really cool neighbors that have young kids and um, Jeremy's met them a couple times and they just seem like they have fun for holidays because they put up a bunch of lights and honestly our little corner of the street is like the only corner in the neighborhood that looks like they put up lights or any sort of decorations for Halloween which is really interesting but I'm kind of glad that we're on this corner because everyone seems really cool um but yeah so we didn't really know what the situation was going to be like if we were going to have trick-or-treaters if we weren't so we got I think we got two bags of candy and we just figured two would probably be plenty because I don't know I'm so far removed from the trick-or-treater kind of life I don't know what that looks like in 2023 so we were just kind of scoping it out so we had the bowl of candy but we didn't want to get anyone sick in case we were contagious so we decided to be lame and we just put a big bowl of candy out on a bar stool in the front of our house and I put a note in there that just said I think it just said please help yourself happy Halloween with a little smiley face <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't ideal but it's it's worth it because we don't want to get anybody sick especially kids and we also still wanted to be festive we still wanted to participate and we still kind of wanted to run our experiment on how many kids would actually come to the front door and we do have a security system so we have the ring doorbell um so we can see kind of what's going on out there so jeremy gets a notification to his phone whenever somebody comes close to the front door and we could kind of watch that way which was really funny because we got to still see everybody in their costumes but surprisingly there's actually it seemed like there was a lot of kids in the neighborhood which was really fun um if we're here for a long time I feel like that'll be really fun for our daughter um to kind of grow up in and it'd be fun to take her trick-or-treating so um, that was really exciting. It was honestly hilarious seeing how excited Jeremy got because <laughs> he he's a small town boy from Washington, but he lived in a he grew up in a small town and they all of their houses were pretty far away from each other, at least where he was at. So he didn't really get trick-or-treaters growing up. And so he didn't really know what that whole process was like. I guess, I, I, not that he's never been trick-or-treating, he's not like that sheltered, but he said that um, he would just go to neighborhoods, like him and his friends would go to like, you know, the cool neighborhoods and they would get candy that way, which makes sense because I feel like I did that at, at some point too, but growing up I would always go door to door with like my parents just in whatever neighborhood we were living in, so I was a little bit more used to it, so he told me he was expecting like three three groups of kids at most to come to the door and I told him I'm like no there's probably going to be a lot more than that I I told him eight because I didn't want to make him feel bad but I was like I think like let's I'm gonna go with eight and so we kind of had a little bet on that and there ended up being 12 groups of kids I think that ended up coming which is crazy because we didn't leave the light on. We didn't have the light on out there because, you know, we're, we weren't really doing anything special. We just had a bowl of candy. So I was like, if they come up to the door, that's awesome. Then they get candy. If they don't, then that's totally fine too. So, but yeah, there was still like a good amount of kids that came 
the door. We ran out of candy pretty quick. Um, but yeah, Jeremy was, he was stressing. Like every time I got a notification, he's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, there's more. Oh my gosh. And he was getting so excited. He seemed like a little kid himself. I was like, I was crying laughing. It was so funny. But he was so excited because he felt like he was like making these kids happy because like they came up and they, you know, they'd be like, thank you to the ring camera and like, um, you know, take a handful of candy. And I don't know, he was just getting such a kick out of it. He's like, I can't believe that. Like, this is actually working. Like, there's actually kids here. And like, this is so fun. And we when we ended up running out of candy, he was like scavenging the house for what we could put in there because he felt bad. He's like, I don't want any kids to be, like, disappointed if we don't have anything in the bowl. So he ended up grabbing the Rice Krispies from the pantry. And he was like, I'm just going to put the rest of the Rice Krispies in there. Like, that's a good, that's a good treat. Like, I would be happy if I got a Rice Krispie on Halloween. I'm like, okay, you know, you, you do what you want to do. By that time, it was probably, like, 7.30 anyways. So the big crowd was kind of, the big crowd. The big crowd for Gilbert, Arizona was kind of, it wasn't like there was a bunch of traffic coming to our door at that time. So I was like, you know what, if that's going to make you feel better, then go do it. Go, go load the bowl up with some Rice Krispies. So that's what he did. But we did not have another trick-or-treater after that. Um, they kind of just like stopped coming around like 7.30, 8-ish. So... But overall, it was a really fun experience. Um, I can't wait to actually be able to like sit out there and like hand out candy and maybe wear a costume. I feel like that would be really fun. And we saw like our neighbors were outside just kind of like chilling in their driveway. They like had some people over and were doing something fun. And so we felt so lame. But I'm like, I don't want to get anybody sick and I also didn't feel great myself so I didn't want to like put makeup on and put a costume on and all that stuff so so that's what we did but it but it was it was still it was still really fun and we basically just binged Teen Wolf I don't know if you guys have seen Teen Wolf throwback I think I started watching that when I was in high school maybe middle school I can't remember when it actually came out but if you haven't rewatched Teen Wolf, you're due for a rewatch because it's actually pretty good. It's it's very like it's good in a nostalgic kind of high school vibe, fun, you know, like Vampire Diaries type thing. So, I would I would recommend. Even though it's not really spooky season anymore, so maybe wait till next fall because it's definitely fun to binge like in October. But that's what we've been, we've been on Teen Wolf kick lately. So that's been really fun. So that's what we did last night. But yeah, I just spent way too much time talking about Halloween. I hope that you guys had a good Halloween. And I am going to get started on the actual contents of this episode. And you guys have probably seen from the title. Am I in my flop era? And also, am I a bad friend? <laughs> Guys, I have been thinking about these two things a lot lately because I just feel kind of recluse right now. And so let's, you know, let's start with my flop era. What is a flop era? A flop era is basically, I think people started using the term on 
TikTok or something or just on social media in general because it's basically when things are just not hitting for you, like your engagement's down on social media, you're not really posting anything that's like that great or that valuable or that entertaining, you're kind of just like coasting. And I feel like I may have, I, I think I'm in my flop era and I think I've been in my flop era for like a few months now. Not in a bad way. I think everybody needs a break and a breather from social media every once in a while. But I definitely kind of lost my groove when it comes to the direction that I wanted to go with my social media. So I am a full-time photographer. But when we moved, I kind of took a step back from that because pregnancy is just really unpredictable. And especially with Jeremy and I had two miscarriages earlier this year and it was just kind of a mess. Like I, I felt like, you know, thankfully like the height of all that kind of stuff and all the emotion was during a time where I didn't have a bunch of shoots booked and I had time to kind of like chill and process that and go through that and heal from that. Um, but it made me hesitant to book things out because I didn't really know what the future was going to hold for us when it came to pregnancy and having a baby or if we were going to be able to have a baby and so I kind of put my career on hold um, and then when we found out I was pregnant I got really sick not really sick I don't want to say really sick because I know that there's people out there that have had it way worse than I did probably in the first trimester and like throughout pregnancy um, but I just kind of had like I was just super nauseous, like 24-7. I never actually threw up, thankfully, but I just felt nauseous all the time. And I was taking like three naps a day. I was so tired, so tired. I couldn't even think about working. I did have a couple of weddings during that time, during my first trimester, and it was hard. Um, I definitely struggled through that. I did what I needed to do for sure. Like I, I came through for my clients. Okay. It's not like I, you know, gave up because I wasn't feeling good. I'm the kind of person that like, when it comes to other people, I will quite literally I don't know if this is people-pleasing or what it is, but I will quite literally ignore all of my needs and all of my, like, things that are going on with me just to make sure that somebody else is happy and that they are having a good experience because I never want to be the person that makes somebody else feel horrible or, like, I, I don't know, like, I, I can't it's really easy for me, I guess, to put on a mask and mask my own personal feelings to make sure that other people are getting a good experience. And I think, you know, in a way, I think that makes me 
a good business owner because as an entrepreneur, you don't want to bring your personal life into it too much. You don't want to like taint your client's experience because of what you're going through personally. It's not their fault that you're dealing with things or you're going through something. These people didn't know that that I was pregnant or that I went through two miscarriages or that, you know, when they booked with me. So it wouldn't be fair for me to give them less of an experience or less of myself for selfish reasons. It wouldn't be fair. And I recognize that. So I went all out for these clients, did what I usually do. Um, but I just, behind the scenes was, it was rough. And I'm so, so thankful that Jeremy was able to second shoot with me at those weddings because he was on water duty. He was carrying around that hydro jug, following me everywhere. Like every, every 10 minutes, he's like, here, drink, drink, take a drink of water. Cause it was hot. It was like, I think it was June or July, probably June and July in Utah. And they were both pretty much outdoors. And so I was sweating, sweating, and it was so uncomfortable and so nauseous. Just imagine doing a wedding, doing a full, photographing an entire wedding day hungover, like brutally hungover. That's what I would, that's what I would probably describe it as. So yeah, I was drinking a crap ton of water and just doing what I can to make sure that these clients got the best possible wedding photos that I could give them. And you know what? I got to give myself props for that because that was hard, but I did it. But it made me realize that I don't really want to book another wedding, if that makes sense, because I don't want to put myself through that. So I took a break from weddings. So every time I would get an inquiry, I would basically say that I'm no longer taking weddings or I'm not currently taking weddings because I just didn't know what the future holds and what the future held. I can't, I can't talk today. So I didn't want to commit to anything and then have to back out on somebody or last minute be like, hey, I'm going to give you an associate shooter. It just didn't feel right to me. And I, again, I, I don't want to do that to people. You know, I want to give people the best possible experience that I can and put my best foot forward no matter what for others. Um, especially when they're paying me to provide a service for them. So, so yeah, I, I took a break from the wedding thing. And then that kind of turned into taking a break from all inquiries because we were getting ready to move. And nobody wants to do a shoot in Arizona in the middle of July or even August or really September, to be honest. It's hot. Unless you're going to do studio shoots, it's kind of, you're kind of limited and, and I didn't want to subject myself to that either. And I didn't know how the second trimester was going to go. I didn't know if I was still going to feel nauseous or if I'd feel better. And so I just wasn't booking anything. And then that kind of turned into, you know, if I'm not booking anything, I don't really have a ton of content to post because I was posting pretty much every day when I was at the height of my photography career and we were living in Utah. I think I was posting definitely every weekday, maybe not on the weekends, but it was like post, reel, post, reel, 
most real because I had a ton of content to use and because I was doing shoots all the time and then I kind of ran out of content because I'm not doing any shoots and it made me not post on social media because I didn't have anything to share and when you're just sitting here on your couch and trying not to throw up and you don't really want to put makeup on. You don't really want to get ready. It's like I don't have a ton of things that I can share online. So I kind of took a break from social media for a while, especially during the first trimester when I wasn't telling anybody that I was pregnant because I'm like, I don't have anything else to post about. I can't post about the pregnancy and I also can't post any shoots because I'm not doing any. So it was like this struggle for me and I ended up just kind of, you know, letting it go. And I think I did notice that I lost quite a few followers. I'm not going to lie. People are like, I don't pay attention to the follower count. Yes, you do. You do. And it doesn't mean that it means anything, obviously. But it is a little, you know, it's a little discouraging when you see that number drop quite a bit, especially when it's been like steadily climbing for the past couple years. And then it just kind of tapers off or goes down and you're like, okay. And then when I announced the pregnancy, it was kind of fun on social media because I finally had something to post about again. <laughs> and I felt excited because I could take our own self-portraits, our announcement photos. I just brought my tripod out and we took a couple photos, announced it on Instagram. Everybody was kind of like, oh, that makes sense. Why you haven't been posting at all? Not that people pay that much attention to me or anybody on social media, but I'm talking about like friends and family and people that I, you know, usually would talk to on a more regular basis, but I was just kind of MIA. It's like, oh, that makes sense. Now we know why. And so it was fun because I could finally talk about it and I felt like I could finally share this huge secret that we had been keeping. And then we had the gender reveal. We found out the gender really early. And so that was fun to post about. And I started posting some like weekly bump date things. But then, then I started to kind of feel weird because I'm like, I've kind of built my following on photography. I've built my community on Instagram and TikTok, kind of, but I feel like for this podcast, we're talking mostly about Instagram. But I've built, you know, my whole audience and, and my community on photography. And so I kind of felt weird because I thought people were going to be sick of me personally posting too much about pregnancy and all of that kind of stuff and plus I feel like people sometimes don't really love to see that kind of content if they're not also in that stage of life like I don't want to be that person who gets pregnant and then their entire life becomes about pregnancy and their kids and only posting about pregnancy and their kids and you know I didn't want to do that and so I just was kind of confused because I'm like 
here's something that I'm so over the moon excited about and I want to share it with people but then I'm thinking too much about what other people are going to think or if they're going to be annoyed I guess that I'm only posting that kind of stuff now on my like about my personal life and I was kind of losing followers and I was like I don't, it was just very discouraging because I'm like oh, should I not post about myself? But I also love sharing. I, I, to my core, I love creating content and I love just being creative and putting stuff out there. And I actually started this whole photography journey by doing creative self-portraits because I was too scared to take photos of anybody else. So I started it all on my own. And I had a lot of fun doing that because I had so much more freedom with the concepts and things that I could come up with. And I think that this stage of life kind of brought me back to that because I wasn't really working with clients. So I kind of just had myself and Jeremy and, you know, our family. And so I was basing my content off of that and it just felt right at the moment. And then I started thinking, well, maybe I want to transition my content from more photography to more lifestyle because I feel like that would be more attainable for me at this point in time. But it's also hard to switch it up like that, you know, when you've based your entire community off of photography and then you kind of switch to more personal you don't know if people are still going to be able to connect or if they're still going to want to follow along or if they're still going to be interested in what you're posting about. And so it's kind of caused me to take a little bit of a, a step back, I guess, when it comes to social media because I just am kind of confused on how I want to structure that moving forward. I do miss taking photos um, of other people and of clients and... Um, Obviously, like, you know, I, I want to contribute financially to our family as well. I don't want that to be entirely on Jeremy, but it's just kind of a weird time for me right now, and I don't really know how to navigate it. It's all just very new, and I'm just trying to figure it out, um, kind of where I want to go from here. But basically, that's why I kind of have taken a step back from social media, and that has caused me to be in my flop era um, where I'm just not doing, I'm not doing as well on social media as I probably would have liked to be doing at this point in my career, but that's okay. Sometimes that happens and you need to just recenter, refocus, reprioritize, kind of get things back on track, figure out what it is that you want to do from here. And that's where I'm at right now with that. Which brings me to my next point which is I am such an introvert, truly. Like I, and I, it's funny because I feel like people don't think that about me because again, I'm so good at masking my true feelings around people. And I don't want to say putting on a show, but like putting on a front almost of, oh, I'm so cool, calm, and collected, and I'm this outgoing, fun person, because I've kind of had to be that throughout my life, depending on different seasons of my life, but in work, like I was in sales for a long time, so I had to pretend to be more outgoing than I actually was, 
talking to random strangers all the time, talking to random doctors, pretending like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I used to do pageants when I was little, so I did a lot of stage things where I'd have to go on stage and public speak, and I was terrified, terrified out of my mind, but you would never know it because I'm so good at concealing those things. And yeah, at heart though, I'm a complete introvert. And when I started posting on social media because I wanted to grow my business and I knew that reels were the way to do that, I started posting a lot of funny content, you know, like all, all revolved around photography, but it was mostly funny voiceovers and things like that because it was what I felt comfortable doing. And I got, I just thought it was really fun making like the voiceovers and just acting silly and posting those on my social media and they started to perform really well. And so I was like, okay, well, obviously this is working. I'm just going to stick to it. And I had a lot of fun doing that. I still like to do those kind of videos every once in a while, but again, I'm not really photographing anything. So I just feel like an imposter <laughs> if I ever post anything like photography wise. I'm like, I feel like I can't talk about this right now because I'm not actively going out there and and taking photos so uh, I don't know it's my dilemma it's my dilemma but yeah so I was doing that for a long time and then people would meet me in person they'd be like oh you're completely different than how you are online or on <laughs> Instagram because they'd see my reels and they'd think I'm just like this super goofy outgoing person animated you know but I'm not I'm not really like that in real life Unless you know me, know me, know me. And honestly, there's not a lot of people that do. Like, I, I'm not like that around hardly anybody. And that's why it was easy for me to post reels because I could record them while I was alone. I could record them in my own company. My worst nightmare was having to record reels with somebody else. If somebody was like, hey, I... <laughs> I've seen your reels and we should do a collab. We should do a collab reel. I, oh no, I, I'm, so, I'm so sorry, but I can't do that. I cannot act goofy or funny or anything like that around anybody else. I don't know why. I, it's the weirdest thing, but I just, I, it's honestly, it's hard for me to do it around Jeremy sometimes, which is crazy because I do everything in front of him. <laughs> But we, we do a lot of reels together and it took me a while to get comfortable with doing that around him, like the voiceovers and stuff. And I think it helped because he was kind of doing it with me and like we both felt kind of uncomfortable and it was just funny and we could kind of laugh about it together until we got it right and we'd just take a bunch of different takes, you know, until we figured it out. But, but even that was difficult and I, I can't even... It's hard because, okay, I would love to be that person that is like, oh, I'm on, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, I'm posting vlogs, I'm posting, you know, get ready with me's and blah, 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 blah. It is so hard for me to talk around other people. This is why I started this podcast, Alone Time, because I can do it in my alone time. <laughs> I can do it when Jeremy's at the gym or when he's golfing or when he's not here. And it's not because I don't feel like I can't be myself around him. It's just I have a really hard time talking about my life 
to a camera or to a microphone or something like that when I'm around other people. It just, it seems so strange to me. We'll try to do vlogs every once in a while and sometimes I'm okay with it. Like sometimes I can talk in front of Jeremy, but I get super uncomfortable or embarrassed if I mess up a sentence. I'm like, oh, I have to edit that out later and then I have to redo it or like retake it. I'm like, this is so cringy. It's so cringy. I don't know how these people do it. I don't. Because I know at least if it's just me and I mess up, I can just scrap it and be like, I'm going to edit that out later and nobody needs to know. No one needs to know. And it just makes it a lot easier. But when you're in public and the people that vlog in public, can we talk about Tube Girl for a minute? If you guys are on TikTok and you know about Tube Girl, I want to know your thoughts. That could never be me. Could never be me. I would be so embarrassed and just so, I don't know, I don't know. I try to be that person that doesn't care what other people think in public, but it's really hard for me. But then it just, it prevents me from posting anything because I'm like, well, I don't want to post in public, but I'm not really doing anything that's that exciting when I'm just here by myself alone. So then I don't post anything. And then... I'm not active on social media and it's just like this endless loop and I don't know how to fix it. Like even around my own family, if I'm hanging out with my family, because like a lot of my family lives in Arizona, but if I'm like at my mom's or something, I'm not going to post anything online. I'll just go social media for like however long I'm there because I just feel weird posting around my family. Like they don't really, they don't really understand the whole social media thing. I don't really get it, which is not a bad thing, but it's just like, I would feel weird. Like, I feel like they not, not, they're not judgmental, but I feel like they'd be like, oh, why, like, why do you need to share that with everybody? <laughs> which valid. I get that. It's kind of just a weird concept. Social media is just weird. <laughs> I don't know. I could do a whole episode on this because I have so many thoughts and especially around social media when it comes to having kids, because I could go on a whole rant about like how I feel about, you know, my future kids and social media and if I'm going to be posting my kids on social media and that kind of stuff because I have very conflicting feelings about that. But I'm not going to go into that because I feel like I've already been talking way too long. So, but yeah, that's kind of why I, I'm in a weird funk when it comes to social media because I just don't know what to post or when to post because I don't have photography content right now. I really only have pregnancy content and the extent of my pregnancy content is pretty much me just chilling at home, um, trying not to feel sick and not wearing makeup and wearing my husband's clothes because nothing fits and it's like not very exciting. <laughs> so I, I'm hesitant to share all the time. It's also hard for me because when I'm posting on social media, I deem that as working, quote unquote. I feel like I'm working when I'm posting on social media because I don't get inquiries or anything if I'm not posting on social media. Not that I'm really getting any inquiries right now, but it's because I'm not really posting on social media. So there's a huge correlation to that. And when I start posting on social media, that's when I get you know, inquiries and that's when people start hitting me up about like jobs and things like that, which is great, but it's also 
that's why I consider social media work. And I think my friends, people that I know personally, friends, family, etc., when they see me posting on social media, since they don't do it for work, it probably, I don't want to speak for anybody, but it, they probably deem it as my free time. Or like, oh, she's posting on social media, she must have free time. Like, I can text her, or I can, you know, we can talk. And I, that's not the case. Like, it also takes me a long time to post content. I'm not one of those people that can just, like, throw... I mean, sometimes I can. If it's, like, stories, for the most part, I can just take a photo, do a caption, and throw it up there. But I also spend a lot of time editing things and making things look how I want for the branding and all that kind of stuff because I'm a perfectionist. We won't go down that rabbit hole right now, but it takes me a long time to put out content. If I'm posting on social media, you can bet your butt I probably spent about at least an hour creating a carousel post that I thought was perfectly crafted to finally make its appearance on my Instagram. Or, you know, if I'm posting photos, I spent a long time editing those photos to post them, putting them in a specific order wording everything correctly because I'm very I'm very picky about my words when they're permanent when they're in writing so even sometimes when I'm doing stories I will go over it a million times before I post it because I just am like that as a person okay probably not healthy but that's how I am and so it takes me a lot I put a lot of thought and a lot of intention I guess is what I'm trying to say behind my content and what it is that I post and again, that's why I consider it work. And so when I post, it feels like it's difficult because then my friends and family think, oh, she's on social media. She's, she's available. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not. I just, I just posted that and it took like three hours of my time and now I want to take a nap or now I want to do something for me. I need my alone time, okay? <laughs> I need my alone time. But that's why the second half of this podcast is asking, you know, it's pretty much exposing myself, to be honest. Am I a bad friend? And I think I ask that because, well, okay. In all honesty, I don't think I'm actually a bad friend. <laughs> This is kind of just jokes, but it's also something that I do think about a lot because I'm really good about being there when I'm needed. Like if, if I had a friend call me and say that there was like an emergency or text me and say they needed me to be there, I'll drop everything for that and I will be there. Like if I'm needed... I am there in a heartbeat and I feel like that that to me is like what a good friend is. So that's kind of my criteria on that. I get that that's probably different for everyone. Some people might have a different definition of what they believe a good friend is. And that's why I ask this question because I am not really good at continuous conversation. And I'm not really good at reaching out frequently to my friends. 
so like I can't I'm not the kind of person that's gonna text someone constantly like have an ongoing text chain I'm just not like that and I also it's not realistic for me to talk to someone on the phone every single day but again it's like I feel that that might be criteria for other people for what they're looking for in a friend and if that's not me I feel like I could be considered a bad friend if that makes sense and I feel like a lot of my friends probably feel like they have to reach out to me most of the time in order for us to like catch up on things because I just am not very good at outreach I'm not good at reaching out to people and I know that about myself but it's just kind of how I am and I think my definition of a friendship is just a little bit different than like what somebody else's definition of a friendship might be and that's not necessarily a bad thing I don't think there's any right or wrong answer but I never want anybody to feel hurt by that like if I don't reach out or if I am not talking to them as frequently as maybe they they would want out of a friend I don't want anybody to ever feel hurt by that by me not doing that or take that personal like I feel like most of my friends especially now at this point in my life know that about me and so it just kind of isn't a topic but I've also lost quite a bit of friends because of this about myself just like growing up and realizing that I'm maybe a little bit more introverted and not very good at keeping up with people so that's why I think about it a lot because I'm like is this something that I need to work on or is this just me finding my people and finding other people who kind of feel the same way and I also feel like at this specific time in my life it's kind of amplified because of pregnancy and you know we just moved back to Arizona and this year in particular has been probably one of the hardest years of my life mentally between the miscarriages and moving and trying to figure out what I'm doing with my career and it just it's really taken a toll on me mentally and I think being pregnant now especially after two losses it's something that I have been really struggling with navigating because I don't know like this is all new to me and I don't have the privilege of the innocence of first-time pregnancy if that makes sense like I don't I don't get to just experience my first pregnancy in ignorant bliss because <laughs> I have trauma, previous trauma when it comes to pregnancies. And so there hasn't been a day that's gone by that I don't feel some sort of anxiety around this pregnancy. And that's been really hard for me to deal with mentally. And it's something that I don't, I don't like to talk about openly. And it's funny because I feel like it's something that I would openly talk about on like a podcast, for instance. Like I could see myself eventually doing an episode on that, but it's something I don't like to talk about with friends or people 
that are close to me other than Jeremy obviously because we are going through it together but I really struggled with this pregnancy especially in the beginning because I almost didn't want to share it with anybody because I felt like okay I'm not going to get emotional I'm not going to get emotional I felt like if I talked about it too much I would get too attached and then if something happened I wouldn't be able to recover. All right, I'm going to collect myself really quick. Oh. So instead, I would just not reach out to people and not talk to anyone because I felt like it was just something that I wanted to kind of deal with on my own. And I'm very like, if I'm going through something, I like to kind of internalize it and figure it out on my own. I'm not the kind of person that's going to reach out to people and be like, hey, this is what I'm going through. Can you help me or do you have advice? Because I there's certain situations where I don't really want advice from other people. I just need time to myself to kind of mentally sort it out and time to talk to God about it and pray about it and just work on it internally. And I also think like having Jeremy as a husband, it's like he kind of he kind of took that best friend spot, you know, which I feel like your your partner and your your husband is supposed to do that. You know, like I think that's a great thing. I think that's good. I think it's really healthy to be in a marriage where your spouse is your best friend. But it does make it hard because I feel like I already have that bucket kind of filled because I'm talking to him about everything. And then it's like, well, I've already talked about it and gotten it out. So I don't really want to talk about it with anyone else, if that makes sense. But then it's hard because then I don't then I don't really have anything to talk to my friends about. So, yeah, I feel like. I feel like the pregnancy has kind of amplified this feeling a little bit more because I just have subconsciously reclused myself a little bit more during this because everything is just so unpredictable. It's so unpredictable. And I've had, I've had a couple, again, I'm not going to make this whole podcast about pregnancy. I'm not going to turn it around into a pregnancy podcast, but I have had a lot of like weird random medical things come up with this pregnancy in regards to um, just like just kind of triggering things, I guess, is what I want to say that have made me nervous and made me extra anxious. And so when that stuff happened, I shut down and then I don't want to talk to anybody and then I'm kind of back in that cycle. So it's it's almost like my brain is keeping me in limbo until I have this baby. <laughs> like I, it's almost like I feel like I am holding my breath and I'm not going to be able to fully relax, I guess, until I know that she's here and like in my arms and safe. And that I feel like has a lot to do with me not feeling as social and not feeling as excited to share things with people or to talk to people about things. But even prior to pregnancy, I've struggled my pretty much my entire life with mental health things, anxiety, overstimulation, social anxiety, OCD. Like I've I've 
dealt with those things a lot throughout my life, which have affected friendships. Because if you don't have those things or you don't understand what that's like, it can be very difficult to have empathy for somebody else who does because it doesn't make sense to you. And that that is totally understandable. Like, I don't expect people to understand what those things feel like if they've never been through it. And I don't want them to understand what that feels like because it's horrible. <laughs> so like, I I'm not sitting there like, oh, I just, you know, poor me. I wish that everybody understood what I was dealing with and blah, blah, blah. I'm not thinking that way at all. It's actually the opposite. I just, that's why I just want to kind of deal with it on my own. Because I know I've, I've dealt with this long enough that I know how to pull myself out eventually. And I know that I will pull myself out. And honestly, like my faith has a lot to do with that. That has changed me a lot as a person, as I've gotten deeper into my relationship with Jesus. And I'm so, so, so thankful for that because I feel like I also have a friend in him and I feel like I can go to him for these things. And then I don't feel like I'm inconveniencing the other people in my life when I'm dealing with that because I already have someone to go to and he helps me every single time and he's never let me down. And that is, that's been huge for me. Um, so a lot of times I just want to kind of keep to myself pray about it, you know, spend some time alone, think about things, and then I kind of get back on my feet and then I'm good again and everything's great. It's funny, I feel like, what's that Taylor Swift lyric that's like, when my depression works the graveyard shift, all the people I ghosted stand there in the room. <laughs> and it's so true because that's exactly how I feel. Like, I don't feel guilty at all when I'm ignoring texts or especially if they're just you know little texts like something super simple or like maybe they didn't ask a question they're just or they're just checking in or something I won't feel guilty for like a few days or a week or something depending on what's going on especially if I'm dealing with something in my own life and then all of a sudden it'll just hit me that I and, I and I start to feel so, so guilty and I start to, my brain starts to do that thing, that people pleaser part of me is like, you're letting people down. They're probably wondering where you are and why you haven't responded. You're a horrible person. You're a bad friend. You're not responding. And then I have to kind of check myself and be like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. You had to do what you had to do and now you can text them back. And usually this will happen when I have like a backup of text messages. <laughs> like it'll be like like 10 or 12 text messages. And I'm like, okay, I should probably start to get back to people. But the reason that I feel like I have the friends that I have right now is because they don't make me feel guilty. And I'm so thankful for that because I like for the most part, I I truly feel like I have the most low maintenance friends. <laughs> And I love it because we're all kind of similar in that way. Like most of my friends will kind of do the same. Like they'll text me back days later and be like, oh, I'm so sorry, this and this was going on and things got crazy. And I'm like, no, seriously, like 
don't be sorry because I am the exact same way and I I would rather you take care of what you need to take care of and then get back to me later especially if it's an issue that's like not pressing like and again if it's a pressing issue like if it's something I need to respond to right away I will respond to it right away I'm not like a jerk <laughs> I'm not one of those people but if it's something just like a catch-up or a random text or something that is not a pressing issue that's when it'll take me longer to respond usually and that's how most of my friends are honestly too so it kind of makes me feel a little bit better <laughs> and that's why I'm saying like I think everybody's definition of a friendship is different and you kind of just have to find your people and find like who is kind of on the same wavelength as you when it comes to that kind of stuff so that nobody's making each other feel bad or making you feel worse about something when you don't need to and that's why too I think most of my friends won't send me a text message that says hey how are you <laughs> Because I was just telling Jeremy this the other day, but if somebody sends me a text and says, hey, how are you doing? It's the most debilitating thing to me, and I don't know why. Actually, no, that's not true. I know why. It's because it's such an open-ended question, and it's not something that I can just respond to. Well, okay, I, I know that I could just respond to it and be like, oh, good, how are you? How are you doing? And it would take two seconds, but... I personally cannot do that. I, if somebody sends me a how are you text, I want to give you an intentional answer and I want to really think about my response before I send it so that we have something to talk about. And that's why it takes me longer to respond. Because if somebody just says, hey, how are you? Then my brain immediately goes to, oh my gosh, when am I going to be able to respond to this intentionally? And if I'm doing something or if I'm in the middle of something, I can't just text back right away. I can't just like send you a paragraph about everything that's going on in my life so we can talk about it. And I have, I've tried to like, if people send me text messages like that, like, hey, how are you? I've tried to go the route of good, how are you doing? But then they usually just say the same thing back, like doing good. And then that's the end of the conversation. Or like, it just feels forced and I don't like that. I just feel like I would rather plan a time for us to have a call or a FaceTime or something that's more intentional than just texting each other just to text each other, if that makes sense. I'm the same way if I'm with somebody in person, like if I'm in a real life conversation, like let's say I'm at coffee with a friend and somebody else texts me, I won't respond to it. I don't like being on my phone when I'm around people. If we have plans and we've scheduled plans to hang out or to catch up or to go grab coffee, you will not catch me on my phone unless you're in the bathroom and I'm just like waiting for you to come out because I think it's, uh, personally, I do think it's kind of rude if you are hanging out with someone and they're just like on their phone the entire time. Like, I just keep my phone either in my purse or somewhere where it's not distracting because I don't want to be distracted from that conversation while I'm with somebody in person. But then the person who texted me, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to make a mental note to get back to them later when I get home, but then I'll forget about it. Or I just, my brain starts thinking about other things because I just, you know, we all have, we all have a million things to do constantly. Let's be honest. 
and so then it just kind of slips my mind and then it takes me a while to get back and then once you it's almost it's weird it's like once you let something go for a little bit it's easier to kind of let it go for longer (laughs) but again that's why eventually it'll catch up to me and I'll start feeling really guilty and I'm like okay I need to respond to everybody right now I need to get back to everybody right now and then the worst is when they text you back right away (laughs) you're like I took I took a week to respond to you at least take a couple days to get back to me so I don't feel absolutely horrible about myself I also think another thing that prevents me from talking to friends as often as maybe I should is because, guys, there's genuinely not a ton to talk about in my life. Like, there's not a lot going on at the, like, (laughs) another Taylor Swift reference. There's not a lot going on at the moment. But it's true. I feel like whenever I catch up with friends, it seems like when they ask me, how are things? How's everything going? I'm just like, oh, same old, same old. I don't have any exciting news to share. I mean, obviously, other than, like, the baby, but it's, like, everybody already knows about that. And there's only so much you can talk about when it comes to that. So it's not like I have a bunch of tea to spill or a bunch of drama, especially when I'm not working right now. I can't talk about, you know, crazy wedding experiences or client stories or fun things that are going on with work. So I don't really have a ton to talk about and I just feel boring. So it's kind of hard. I mean, it's different. Like when I was in college and dating, you know, before I was in a healthy, healthy relationship, (laughs) I had things to talk about with my friends because it was like, oh, can you believe he did this or he texted me this or, you know, we could talk about all that drama and it was fun. And that's what I feel like girls bond over in like high school and college But now that we're all older and I'm married and Jeremy is like the most stable relationship I think I could ever imagine. (laughs) I just don't have, I don't have a ton to talk about, which is a blessing for sure. Like I I would much rather have it that way, but it does, it kind of makes me feel boring because I don't really have a ton to talk about when I'm catching up with my friends. I also feel like I keep up with my friends mostly on social media which I do think that social media has kind of made it harder for all of us to have catch-up conversations with friends because we're constantly, like, we still feel connected to people and we still feel like we have a little bit of an insight on their life and what they're doing. So if I'm constantly watching my friend's stories, it's like, oh, you went to New York this weekend. That's amazing. Like, And now I have all the information that I need because you posted everything on your social media. So it's not really like, it's not like we have a ton to catch up on now because you, you posted about it and I saw it and I feel the same way about me, especially like with my job. I mean, I haven't been posting as much lately, but usually I'm pretty active on social media and I post about a lot in my life. And so I feel like people just get their information that way. And then it's like, we don't have anything to catch up on later like they already know what I've been doing for the last couple weeks or month or whatever so I do feel like social media has kind of taken that concept and turned it into something different because it's a it's a different way to feel connected to people and check in with your friends and then when it comes to actually making plans with someone like concrete plans like hey we're gonna meet here or I'm having this get together do you want to come or 
I'm throwing this party, you're invited, or <laughs> anything that's like making plans, like a social event, I hate it. I hate making plans. I'm not a planning person. I'm trying to plan this whole baby shower right now, and it's like, it's the most tedious thing. Like, I'm excited for it, but I also am just like, I can't wait for it to be over because it's so much work. And it takes up so much of my mental capacity. So I have a lot of respect for people who enjoy hosting and enjoy planning things because that's just not me. I'm just not that kind of a person. So when people are making plans with me originally, it's really hard for me to get myself to commit because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to feel like being social that day. I don't know if I'm going to feel like doing this. I don't know if blah, blah, blah. But then I will say, I have to say, usually, for the most part, if I do commit to a plan, and let's say I'm like not super looking forward to it, or I'm just kind of like, I'm not feeling super social, and I'm kind of nervous, and I don't really want to go, most of the time, while I'm there, I'm thinking in my head, oh, this is actually really fun. I don't know why I just like tried to psych myself out. <laughs> And like not do this because I actually do, for the most part, have a good time while I'm there, especially if it's with my friends or people that I actually enjoy being around. Most of the time I sit there and I'm like, oh, this is actually fun and I should do this more often. And then that's why I truly think that's why people always do that thing where they're like, oh, we need to do this more often. Let's make plans again. And they try to do it right away because you're on that high. You're on that like social high. Because you actually are having a good time and you like trick your brain into thinking, oh, you should do this more often. But then you get home and you're like, oh, actually, never mind. I want to stay at home more often. I don't know why. I don't know why our brains do that. Maybe it's like, maybe it's an introvert thing. I don't know. Because I will say like, even if I am out at an event and I'm having a good time, there's still always a part of me in the back of my head that's like, I can't wait to go home and take a shower and just get cozy and put comfy clothes on and read my book and just be alone with my thoughts. <laughs> so I will say that that little part of me is always there, even if I am having a good time while I'm out. And I also think it's a little deceiving to people because when I am out, and I am doing things, and if I'm having a good time especially, I'm very present and I try so hard to be present in the moment. And so I think it could come across as I am outgoing or I am super social, but it's weird because I feel like, I don't, I don't wanna say I'm forcing it because I'm not forcing it. Like I genuinely will be excited to be there and I'll be having a good time. But then when I get home, I'm like, no, I don't really want to do that all the time, though. I feel like this doesn't make any sense. Maybe some of you guys can relate to that. But I feel like I'm fooling people in a way because they're probably like, oh, she is outgoing and she does like being social. And I'm like, no, I actually don't. But this this specific event <laughs> and these specific people are fun to hang out with. I don't know. And then another thing that I love to do when I'm out with people, especially new people, if I'm meeting someone for the first time or if I'm at an event or like a party or a social gathering where I don't know a ton of people and I start talking to someone that I've never met before, I do this thing. I do, I do this cute thing. 
I do this great thing where I just overshare about my life. Like someone will ask me a simple question. I'm trying to think of an example. I'll think, okay, this is a dumb example. But if somebody was like, oh my gosh, I love your hair. And a normal person would just be like, thank you so much. And then start another conversation. But I would probably say something like, oh my gosh, thank you. It's not even real. These are my extensions. It took me, it took me like three hours to curl them. So that means a lot. It's like, who needs that information? Who? (laughs) They didn't ask. So why are you telling them? Why do you feel like you need to like expose yourself or overshare about your life? in order to keep this conversation going. I don't know if it's a nervous thing or if it's a social anxiety thing, but I don't love it because usually, okay, especially if they don't reciprocate. If you say things like that and then they come back and they're just like, oh, cool. And then they change the subject. There's nothing more humiliating and embarrassing than that. And I will lie awake at night and think about it and just cringe at myself. And then I will never want to go out again. But the best, though, is when they do reciprocate. Like, if I said that and they were like, oh, my gosh, I have extensions, too. Which ones do you have? Oh, I I usually do this to them and I use this serum and blah, 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 blah. And then you start having a conversation off that way. I do think that that is where really good friendships are made. Because you're like, cool, we can, like, bond about anything. We can talk about anything. And you are also an oversharer. And I love that. So I do like it when I meet fellow oversharers because then I don't feel as uncomfortable. But if they don't reciprocate, that's just, that's the worst. That is the worst. And to be perfectly honest, I do think that the, um, the old panorama had a lot to do with my social reclusiveness. Like after, after 2020, I kind of just... I don't know. I felt like I was definitely way more social before 2020 and then 2020 happened and it almost was like my brain realized just how complacent I was just being at home and being alone or just being with Jeremy and my dog Grace. And it was just so peaceful and so cozy and I realized how much of a homebody I actually am because I got so much enjoyment out of that. And so... I do think that that kind of altered my brain chemistry in a way because I was like, oh, I don't need to be social all the time in order to be happy or to feel joy or, you know, I, it's almost like it, it gave me permission to just kind of chill out and not feel like I needed to be busy 24-7. And now that I have experienced what it's like to not be busy 24-7, I never want to go back. I just enjoy that time and I'm don't want to take it for granted because it actually is really peaceful and really nice especially because you know we don't we don't have we don't have little kids yet I mean soon very very soon we'll have a little one running around here but for right now I'm like I'm trying to soak in as much of this peaceful time as I can you know (laughs) and I don't think there's anything wrong with that and you know if that makes me a little bit less social then It makes me a little bit less social for the time being. But I know that it's just a season and not saying like, you know, after we have the baby, everything's going to go back to normal. I'm going to start making plans and being this super outgoing person because that's just not who I am. But I do think like once this season is kind of over, it will 
like change into something else or I will start to feel a little bit more open to doing things like maybe I don't know I don't know it I can't predict the future I can't I don't know what I'm trying to say I guess just that I'm trying to enjoy this time now while I can so yeah so so do I think I'm a bad friend ultimately no I think I have probably a different definition for what I think constitutes as a good friend and a bad friend than some people but I think that that's totally okay and I think it's fine if you have a different definition for what you think a true friend is and that's kind of the beauty of being able to pick your friends and the people that you associate yourself with and I'm just really grateful for the people that I do have in my life um, for their grace and their understanding and their patience with me as I go through like all this stuff and like I my only hope is that I extend that same grace and patience and understanding to all of my friends because again we all have a million things going on 24 7 like we all have our own lives we all have crazy stuff going on we all have a never-ending to-do list and I think it's good to kind of just let people have their have their space sometimes so that they can kind of gather their thoughts and and refocus and prioritize and and get some of those things done without distractions so anyways I'm gonna go ahead and stop myself here I think Jeremy's gonna get home from the gym any second and I don't want him to walk in while I'm wrapping this up because how awkward how embarrassing (laughs) but um if you guys liked this episode please give it a rating and review I would really really appreciate it as I'm still kind of new um, in this whole podcast game here and I don't think I had the Instagram for this podcast set up the last time that we talked the last episode so I do have an Instagram that I can lead you guys to now Um, it's actually just alone time dot pod on Instagram not on TikTok yet, so just on Instagram, alonetime.pod. And I'll also put that in the description of the episode. But if you guys want to give it a follow, I'll post some updates and hopefully some some things on there soon. I would love to eventually do some like write-in episodes too. So if you guys want to follow along there so you can submit questions. And um, not that I'm great at giving advice, but I, I love listening to people that aren't qualified to give advice give advice so I'm hoping that you guys like that too and maybe we can do some advice episodes I think that would be really fun um so that I'm not just completely alone all the time you know because I want to hear from you guys too but yeah go ahead and give that Instagram a follow and I will talk to you guys next week bye